slim pickings today. Check one, two. But he moved him again. Well, good morning. Morning, hey. Uh, it is such a joy to be here on the last day of the year. It is, it is gonna be a wonderful year because we are here to celebrate God. Let us stand, sing his praises, and let him know that he is the controller of our hearts. Um, he wants to hear from you uh, all year round. So let's, let's give him that, that opportunity to hear from us. Yeah. Whoa. 
Psalm 6511 says, You crown the year with your goodness, your carts overflow with plenty. Let's pray together. Lord, we're so thankful that we can come together this morning for this time of worship. And Father, we thank you that you've been with us through the year, and we look forward to seeing what you'll do in our lives in the new year. Lord, we're here to lift up the name of Jesus together, and we thank you for that opportunity. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you this this morning. Um, Looking forward to... uh, a good time of worship and celebration and encouragement this morning. Glad that you've chosen to join us for that. Make sure you fill out your connection card for us. They're in the seats in front, you know, in front of you in the little piece uh, where the papers are. And if you're watching us online, please make sure you fill out your connection card and send that to us. Um, before we continue, it, we should only have about a minute and a half today to do this, but uh, <laughs> we'll go the, the full three minutes. We want you to go around. Say hello to somebody, but please go talk to somebody you haven't spoken to this morning.
So that was a little different countdown than what we'll have tonight, but uh, I'll give you a little time to get back to your seats. And while you're doing that, years ago in a Sunday school class, someone shared with, with us uh, to think about where are my eyes, especially if I'm feeling irritated about something or I'm not particularly grateful. Where are my eyes? What am I looking at? So I want to encourage you this morning, as the words to this song say, to look to the sun. If our eyes are on Jesus, that's going to fix a lot of our attitudes. So let's go into the new year looking to the sun. Amen. Oh, we look to the sun, set our eyes on a Savior, see the image of love. See the kingdom burst into color at the speed of light. Freedom shaking up the atmosphere as the shadows fade into nothing as the day appears. Beyond the skies above reaching out for us, the everlasting one, Jesus our God. Oh, we look to the sun, set our eyes on our Savior, see the image of love, sing His praises forever. the hope of heaven shining like the rising sun now forever lifted up from death to life there's no fear in love and no darkness in his endless life beyond the skies above Love reaching out for us, the everlasting one, Jesus our God. Oh, we look to the sun, set our eyes on our Savior, see the image of love, sing His praises forever. Oh, Oh, we look to the sun. 
probably the only thing that we should hold in awe. But the beauty of it is we can approach God. Psalm 121 tells us, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth.
Psalm 47, 8 says, Behold, God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. Give you all the glory. 
another verse. He wants another verse. This morning I had the pleasure of, of welcoming a guy who, a man who was uh, at my home church. He followed uh, the guy that brought me to Christ and um, Jeff also did my internship and usually when you're doing internships and you're leading them, it's usually for kids a lot younger than you. Well, I, was Jeff, I was Jeff's age so it was, really, it was a little bit odd. I went to Bible college a little later in life but Jeff was such a blessing to me in my ministry and he gave me some things that really laid the foundation for what I'm able to do today, and I appreciate it. So this morning, Jeff's going to be bringing us the message. So um, I want to welcome, uh, First Christian, we want to welcome Jeff Mahan to, with us this morning. Thanks, Jeff. It is so good to be with you today. Um, just really appreciate this opportunity to share. I've been looking forward to this time. And um, I have an ancient message to share with you today. Now, while it's an ancient message, it's also a timeless one. It's older than the season that we just came through, that we just, sold, that we just celebrated. But it is a message for today, especially as we close out one year and we begin anew. It's a, just one verse, tucked away in a a little book in the Old Testament, just 32 words, but it sums up the message of the Bible. I want you to turn with me or turn on your Bible and go to Micah 6 with me. I'll give you a few moments to get there. Micah 6, if you're wondering where it's at, it's right in between Jonah and Nahum. And if that doesn't help much, then the, your Bible has this really great tool in the front of it called a table of contents. Don't let anybody ever shame you, uh, you know, for using that table of contents. Do that, all right? And find Micah chapter 6. Micah was a prophet in the Old Testament who was prophesying um, about the same time Isaiah was. And Micah was, it was a time of prosperity, but it was a very divided country. Sound a little familiar? Um, in fact, a lot of the stuff that's going on in Micah is um, not that unlike today. That's because people are people, and we're not that different than those people who went before us and those people who've come after us. But in any event, that's, that's what's going on. And in Matthew chapter 6, or Matthew, in Micah chapter 6, he is... Um, He's kind of laying some, some stuff out. God speaks first, and he says, you know, I, what have I done for you as a nation? What have, I, I, have, I redeemed you out of Egypt. I brought you out of that land, out of the land of slavery. I gave you Moses. I gave you Aaron. I gave you Miriam. 
I, I led you through all of this time, and yet you really you don't honor me very well. And, and he goes on in, in Micah 6 to say, you know, what, what is it that God really wants? Is it, is it sacrifice? No, what really God wants is transformation. What God really wants is for us to love one another. In fact, you can't say you love God and hate your brother. God always defines our love for him by how we love one another. And so that's kind of what's going on. That's the underlying message in Micah chapter 6. And then there's this one verse that has become kind of a life verse for me. I ran across it a number of years ago. It's, you know, it's one of those things that you discover something when you're reading the Bible and you're like, oh, wow, man, nobody's ever seen this before. And then you find out everybody has seen it before, but it still means a lot to you, okay? So that's what Micah 6, 8 is for me. And I'd like to just kind of walk through this passage with you this morning, if we could. Micah 6, verse 8, it starts by saying this. He has told you, O man, what is good? I want you to stop right there for just a moment and just think about how great that is in and of itself. That God has told us what is good. He's revealed to us what is good. You know, God created us for a purpose. He created us for a relationship with him. Even in the Garden of Eden, it says in Genesis chapter 2 that, that God would come down, Genesis 2 and 3, that God would come down in the cool of the evening and he would walk with Adam and Eve. Remember, that's, that's why they hid themselves. They, once they sinned, they knew he was coming. And um, I don't know everything that's going on in that verse, but it sounds pretty cool. That God would come down and walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. We were created for a relationship that was forfeited through their sin. And all of the rest of the Bible is the story of God pursuing us, relentlessly pursuing us, trying to reestablish that relationship. The whole Bible is about God pursuing us. Somebody once said that, that most religions are founded by somebody who says, I'm a prophet, and I'll show you the way to God. But what's different about Christianity is that Jesus says, I'm God, and I came to find you. I want you to, if you don't take anything else away this morning, I want you to understand that God loves you just the way you are. Not the way you should be, just the way you are. God loves you. Now, he loves you too much to leave you that way, okay? And, and that's good news. But our problem is not that we don't love God enough. Our problem is that we don't realize how loved we are. Timothy Keller said a number of years ago that um, I'm more sinful than I care to admit, but I'm more loved than I could ever imagine. Those are great words. I want you to know God loves you this morning and that he wants a relationship. You were created for a relationship with him. 
And even though this world is messed up, and even though this world is broken, and even though some things have to be worked out, God still pursues us. No matter what you have done, no matter who you are, no matter what's been done to you, God loves you, and he pursues you. And God has shown you, oh man, what is good. Then there's this statement, what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love kindness, and to to walk humbly with your God. Of all of the things that, all the resolutions that we could make, all of the things that we could do this next year, What God is interested in is how we treat one another and that we walk in a relationship with him. That's what I want us to kind of focus on here for a few moments. God has revealed himself to us in a number of ways. He's revealed himself to us in nature. Romans tells us that we learn just by looking at the creation, we come to understand things about the creator. He's revealed himself to us in his word. It's a great thing that we have. We, we have, every, almost every home in our country has one of these. And, and since the advent of the smartphone, it is so easy to have dozens of these things in our pocket everywhere we go. God's revealed himself in his word. That's what Mike is talking about here. He's shown you what is good. He gave you Moses, gave you Aaron. Prophets which is what Micah was, prophets were people that were spokesmen for God because not everybody had a Bible back in Micah's day. And if they had one, then, you know, the chances that they knew how to read it, that was another thing too. But God revealed himself in his word and he would send prophets and Micah proclaims, this is who God is. This is what God desires and this is what god expects that's what prophets did we we have in our mind that prophecy has to do with future events very little of prophecy has to do with future events prophecy has to do with understanding who god is what he desires and what he expects so with that in mind now let's back up and just talk about two other ways that God's revealed himself. Did it in creation, did it in his word, did it through his son, Jesus. If you want to know what God's like, take a look at Jesus. New Testament writers tell us that he is the image of the invisible God. Hebrew writer tells us that he's the exact imprint of his nature. God revealed himself in his son, and then God reveals himself For those of us who are followers of Jesus, who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, who have identified with Jesus, and God has put his spirit within us, God still reveals himself, what it is he would like for us to do, where it is he'd like for us to go, how it is he'd like for us to love, by speaking to us in our heart through his spirit today. It's an amazing thing. God has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require? First of all, to do justice. Justice is a big theme in the New Testament, or in the the whole Bible. 
to, to do justice. What does, what does that mean? A lot of the prophet's message in the Old Testament was calling out injustice, saying, hey, you're not acting justly. And a lot of the reason that that, that message had to be proclaimed so much is, inju- is justice is not something that just comes naturally for me. I have a tendency, I don't know if you're like this, but I live rather selfishly. I have a tendency to think about me a lot. I don't know, you probably don't struggle there, but that's, that's me. I have a tendency when I'm left to my own devices to manipulate situations for my benefit. To show favoritism to people so that I might gain favor. To exploit someone else's weakness for my advantage. I'm not proud of that. I just recognize when I'm left to my own devices, that's what I do. And that's why it's a good thing that God has revealed himself to me in creation and in his word and in his son who shows me how to act and in his spirit that reminds me and convicts me and leads me and how I should walk. To act justly is to act fairly, to do what's right, not just ritually to draw attention, but to do what's right every time. Let me ask you this. What does justice look like in your life in 2024? I'm not talking just about, I mean, social justice is an important thing. That's a, that's a big, big thing that we should keep before us and work towards. But let me ask you in your personal life, What does acting justly look like in your marriage? How would acting justly in your marriage change that relationship? In your home with your kids? In your neighborhood with your neighbors? Your social group? In your workplace? What would it look like? What right things need to become habits to fulfill this requirement in 2024? shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice? Not just learn about it, not just agree with it, but to do it, and to love kindness. You know, we live in a time of outrage and anger. We are so divided in our communities, in our families, One songwriter said, we live in a graceless age. Some have said, if you're not angry, then you're not paying attention. But I would remind you that the anger of man does not produce the righteous life that God desires. The Apostle Paul said, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't nurture your anger. Don't let it fester. Don't feed it. We don't have to all agree about everything, but we do have to be kind to one another. Loving one another is evidence that we follow Jesus. My recommendation to you is to pour out your anger before God and not social media. He's got big shoulders. We've got a whole group of Psalms where, you know, I, I look at him, I read him, and it's like, Lord, I hate them. I'm like, how did that make it into the Bible? 
but I think it's to demonstrate that's got, that God's got big enough shoulders to handle whatever it is we want to bring to him. And we can, we can deal honestly with our feelings before him. And he still loves us, and he's still going to correct us, and he's still going to lead us in the way we need to go. But let me just say this. We don't win people through pride or self-righteousness. We win people with kindness and respect. And that's why we're called to walk doing justice and loving kindness. And then the third thing that Micah tells us is this, that we should walk humbly. You may not have any trouble with this one. I, I find this one to be the most difficult, to walk humbly. Because like I said, I, I kind of like to think about myself. I like my own comfort. I like my own needs being satisfied. And walking humbly, that's tough. Because it requires me to think not about me, but about you. Not about me, but about us. Not about me, but about him. And God wants me to walk humbly. A humble person is not somebody who thinks too much of themselves. That's obvious. But the humble person is also not the person who thinks too little of themselves. Oh, I'm just a worm. The humble person is the person who doesn't think about themselves. And so Micah tells us to walk humbly. What does it mean to be mindful of others rather than ourselves? Walking humbly means no more self-promotion, no more insisting on my own way. It means getting rid of any kind of conceit and envy, not punching buttons or provoking others, particularly on social media. Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly. And then maybe the three most important words in the entire verse. With your God. I have made New Year's resolutions for ever, for a lot of years. I see, I, I see the value in having a goal, writing it down. And I've gotten better at it, not just stating a goal, but, but you know, kind of charting out what habits I need to do to, to get to that goal, what kind of intermediate steps there need to be. But if all you do is make resolutions for your own effort, um, I haven't found that I'm able to accomplish much. I can accomplish some, but not much. But when I walk humbly with my God, that makes all the difference in the world. That's the game changer. With our God. That's, we're we're kind of ending where we began. We were created for a relationship with him. And here's the thing. I found that I had spent so much of my life performing for God. Saying, God, look at these things I'm doing for you. Look at these sacrifices that I'm making. Look at the stuff that I, I, I put before you. It sounds an awful lot like the first part of Micah 6. And what God wants to do is say, hey, let's do this stuff together. Let's do this together. Life with God is not about performing for God. It's about partnering with him.
Let me leave you with this idea. Doing right things, being kind, walking humbly, those things really kind of summarize the fruit of the Spirit. I was reading in Galatians chapter 5 the other day. You know the passage, fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Is that me? Okay, I don't know. And self-control. Against those things there is no law. And I've, I have preached sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, it's a list. I, preachers can, you can just take a single word, you can get a whole sermon series and makes life easy, right? And then I realized that though that's fine. It, it's great to, to, to look at each one of those parts of the fruit of the Spirit and try to do better in them. But Galatians chapter 5 is not a it's not a, a list of virtues for us to implement it's a mirror that paul holds up and he says if you're walking by the spirit this is what your life's going to look like on the other hand if you're walking according to the flesh there's going to be things like lust and sensuality and sexual immorality and there's going to be um envy and strife and fits of anger and he said the things of the flesh are at war with the things of the spirit and these are the ways these things work and when i started looking at this i thought okay what paul is doing is he's holding up a mirror for me think about this we're on the last day of 2023 look into that mirror and ask yourself which of these describes the way I walked in 2023? That I walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness? Do these characterize my walk? Or truly, did I have an anger problem? Was drunkenness a problem? Was adultery or sensuality or immorality or impurity which are they? Which, I, listen, I'm not, I, not trying to condemn or celebrate anybody. I'm just asking us to reflect on these things. Because God has shown us what's good. He's shown us what's good. And as we look into that, we can elect to walk by the Spirit in 2024. What does that mean? To do good things, to do right things, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And if you'll do that, you'll find this time next year when you look back, I walked in love with joy and peace and patience and kindness you guys are getting ready to go on an adventure with core 52 i think it's going to be a great thing for your church learning it, it's always a great thing to to learn to walk more like jesus to determine what it is that god would have you do and then not just learn about it but to do it you know the great commission says go into all the world 
and make disciples, baptizing them. That's an identification process. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all about me. No, that's not what it says. It says teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. Our discipleship falls short when we've turned it into information rather than obedience. Walk with your God this year. That means obeying what he reveals to you. Treat one another justly. With kindness. And humbly. A transformation will take place in your life beyond what you ever dreamed. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to look into your word. We thank you, first of all, Lord, for, for giving us your word, revealing yourself to us, showing us what is good and how you would have us walk. Father, thank you for revealing yourself to us in Jesus and redeeming us from our sin. And thank you for sending your spirit to live within us and to guide us as we try to follow and walk with you. Father, I pray your blessing upon 2024. Thank you for being with us throughout 2023. I know there's stuff coming next year that we don't have a clue what it is. In fact, if we saw some of it, it would scare us to death. But the good news is that you, you walk with us through whatever we face. And Lord, we proclaim to you that that's enough today. Lord, help us to live this verse. Help us to embrace this life with you and bring glory and honor to you as your spirit shines in us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Appreciate the message from Jeff. At this time, our praise team is going to come up and lead us in a song of decision. And if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to come forward this morning to do that. If you're an immersed believer and would like to make First Christian your home, we'd love to have you come forward this morning. And maybe things are getting you down and you need some prayer. If you need prayer, if you come forward, I'll be glad to pray with you. But at this time, if you have a decision to make, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing our song of decision together.
During this time in our service, we take time to remember what Jesus did for us. And I've said this before about this song. One of the things I love about it is a lot of times we, we sing about our love for Jesus and our love for God, and hallelujah for that. But the thing about this song is it kind of is God speaking back to us, saying, man, I love you guys. And when you think of love as a parent, there's a lot of times that love demands some things from us. It demands patience, it demands kindness, it demands sacrifice. And Jesus did those things. He's been patient with us, he loves us, and he made the ultimate sacrifice for us. It wasn't that he was drugged down to, or taken to, the, to Calvary kicking and screaming. He volunteered to do it. In the beginning, his father, I'm, I'm up for this, because he loves you that much. And so this morning, as you take your communion, a lot of times we say, hey, you know, reflect, you know, think about what you've done this week. And the implication is, okay, what rotten things have you done this week that you need to repent of? Okay. But what I want you to do today is just focus. Yeah, we need to examine our hearts and all that. I get that. 
But I think a lot of us struggle with, a letting, with letting God love us the way he does. And so look into your heart today and say, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, just simply say, God, I'm going to let you love me because your son loved me enough to go to the cross. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can come to around this table this morning and celebrate this time of communion, a celebration that's marked by the blood of Jesus that's represented by the cup, the body of Jesus, which is represented by the loaf. And it's a celebration of love, a celebration of sacrifice. It's a celebration of a promise. It's a celebration of a future that's not bound to the mistakes of the past. Lord, I thank you that we can take this time together to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. And most importantly, he did it, and you did it, because of the love you have for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. On the inside of your bulletin, we have announcements. For this week, there'll be no activities going on at the church this evening, this evening except Roger's group is going to meet. There's no youth activities tonight. Uh, the office will be closed tomorrow because of, of Christmas, uh, Christmas of New Year's Day. Uh, no Bible studies with the adults this week. And medical team has a meeting at 9 a.m. Uh, remember, we made an announcement about the offering envelopes. If you haven't picked yours up from, for this next year, please make sure you do. And make sure you don't use the ones from last year. Narrow Path, we're going out Saturday the 13th to Fort Huachuca. We're going to meet here at the church at 8 a.m. and leave at 8.30. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, they all are fun, but this will be a lot of fun. Um, Al Brandon's group is going to start meeting on the 11th, and if you want to be a part of that, please sign up 
on the sign-up sheet, and Lori's getting ready to have a group in the Joy of Living study. They're going to be beginning on the 17th with her ladies group, so please make sure you sign up. It's going to be be an 18-week series in James and the letters of John, so make sure you do that. Also, please take note in the bulletin, we've announced this a couple times, and we've also sent it out in emails about a couple changes we made with our the way we handle our outreaches in a flip-flop from with um, CareNet going to, to outreach and OCC going into missions. So all that information is there. Other than that, I think that's all the announcements we have today. On the back of your bulletin, we have uh, prayer concerns. We ask that you take those home. We hope that you have a great new year and that you look forward to a just a real blessed 2024. So at this time, let's stand together and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we thank you that we could come together this morning for this time of worship. And I pray, Lord, that as we live life this week, this year, coming year, that we live it with you, not without you, or not ahead of you, or not behind you, or not for you, but we live it with you. Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, we leave challenged and we leave changed. And Lord, that we're just we're just excited about the opportunity to share Jesus and to show Jesus to others through the way we live. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.